you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. Wins in the trenches. Damn right we do. From the Chris Wessling podcast, because that's where that's where ball games have decided. That's correct. That's where the men that's are separated true. from the boys. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I got heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Week nine preview show. Nine. The traditional midpoint of a season. And they ruined it with the 17th game. Let's they all, botched it. Let's all, yeah. let's all acknowledge it's still kind of super annoying that the season now is an odd number of games. But it's okay. But this is the they'll mid- make it 18 in a couple after years. After Sunday yeah. is the midpoint. Now it, it is official. There's 18 weeks. Know, this but is wasn't the it nice though? Yeah, it was. It's, I see it's some the way that the mind works. The symmetry we've talked about. The OCD times. itch right. of it all is still there right. for me. But it is what it is. You know what? Also, it is. It's the bipocalypse. Um, we have 32 teams. Six teams on by that leaves 26 teams, which means 13 games. Take out TNF, which we already previewed. 12 games to talk about. Mm. And it has fantasy heads um, freaking out, which I love because I half love, their rosters are not available to them. The, the fantasy heads out there, and I'm one of them. I, I have a league of record. Um, the trades in, in my personal league of record, just panic trades over one week. Oh, I need a quarterback. <laughs> oh, I can't. Oh, I have too many really? people on by. It's like, relax. It's one week. Isn't everyone dealing with the same ecosystem in theory? You, well, some people, I mean, you know, the way things sure. line up get banged harder than others. But at the same time, yeah. it's just like, ah. what about what about you, Greg? I mean, ah. you are uh, you built Roto World Brick by brick. Um, do you have any advice to the people out there that are thinking to do panic trades at this time of year? Yes, I always thought bye week concern was vastly overrated. You don't know if you're going to... You can win with a 
makeshift lineup. You can lose with a good-looking lineup anyways. Don't make any trades in a bye week or about bye weeks that you wouldn't make anyways. At simultaneously, People last time it. we checked in with you, you have a child who was uh, winless in a fantasy league. He's, I don't feel like the DNA won. is... He has since won. So, uh, okay. Oh, good. You got a dub. He's in club dub. Off the good. good, good, good. <laughs> One and eight. Uh, before we get to the games um, and uh, the primetime games and the draft... This is an audio medium, but also we're on NFL Network. We are? NFL I Plus. always forget that, including at the yes. start of the show where That's I started to, to reach me. down for my bag. And Don't then I was do like, it. I forgot this is taped. Don't do it. Um, trying to make sense of the top of your shirt. Is it a collared shirt? Is it a like uh, a more back to the future? It's Marty actually McFly. a jacket. Hmm. And um, back to the future two scenario. I'm gonna. It's really more of a jacket that works as a shirt, and it was okay. pretty nippy out there. Are you on taking the, your clothes off right now? You are, you are like, removing a garment just, here, here on television. Now we're good. Hey, hey, a little Fonzie now. I like this. I think that was the move. That was the plan, I think, initially. But it's it's a little nippy. I, w- I would say it's brisk in the uh, L.A. greater it's area right now. A little bit. A little bit. All right. Let's get into it. Let's start with the primetime games, and uh, that takes us to Arrowhead Stadium, where the Tennessee Titans of 5-2 and two and riding a five-game winning streak get the Kansas City Chiefs uh, coming off a bye. And this is a nice one. It's a good one. It's a great measuring stick game for the Titans to me, Mark, because you have – we kn- I know what the Chiefs are. The Chiefs are going to be there, and they're going to be in the final four, in my opinion, uh, barring some catastrophic issue. So win or lose in this game, I'm still going to be like, okay, the Chiefs will navigate where they need to go. I also think the Titans will get to January and be in good position, but do I believe in the Titans? Do I feel like the Titans can hang with one of the big three, which Kansas City is? Nice measuring stick here. It kind of reminds me of what we said about the Titans a year ago before they played the Chiefs and then swept them up 27-3. to mm-hmm. And it was like another one of those Mike Rabel games where you just remember the Titans are a little bit more – than we think. And I think nationally the Titans are often just bypassed and forgotten mentally on some level, no matter their record. That said... They played that, a role in that in some of these Januaries. They do, but and they're, yes. they're just you know nestled down in Nashville, which according to our old friend Wes... Uh, was in the Midwest. I don't. I've never agreed with that take, but that that's, for, a, take, that's yes. for another day. That that blowout though a year ago was a classic AJ Brown show of dominance, and they don't have AJ Brown now. Their passing game has been a huge mess. They haven't scored over thirty points in eight straight games. So if you get the version of the Chiefs, which I think we will, no matter who they play, that blew the doors off of San Francisco before the bye, and mm. then you get Andy Reid coming off a of bye where he's twenty and three over the last twenty three years. I don't like this situation for Tennessee at all, no matter their fortitude, yes or no. I, I'm with you. The Titans, because they got blown out so much on that Monday night football game against uh, the Bills, are still negative in terms of a scoring differential this mm. year. It's like, you want more respect. All right, have a positive scoring differential. Uh, and they've had a very soft schedule for the most part. Yeah, show up here. But we've kind of seen the Titans show up in the regular season. That's not the problem. The A.J. Brown trade, I've heard some – People say almost like, oh, look, the Titans are surviving despite them facing A.J. Brown. It's like, no, that's the biggest reason why the A.J. Brown trade hurts more than ever. Why they have a negative point differential. They'd be a contender with A.J. Brown. And now you look at them and they look like playoff uh, horse meat. But they're very likely to make the playoffs. (laughs) Playoff horse meat? What the hell is that? 
tasty. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just something that no one no one wants at the beginning of the playoffs. Playoff hamburger helper. Um, the what? What? <laughs> what? 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 The Titans have averaged an NFL low two hundred eighty-five point six yards per game. So by one broad statistical measure, they have the worst offense in the league. And yes, having the best one of the best wide receivers. I think AJ Brown is not that this is surprising us, but he's a Top 10 receiver in the league. You're a top 10 analyst, Mark. AJ Brown's a top 10 receiver. So you take him out of the mix and you don't have someone to kind of funnel those uh, targets to. Jump in here, Grave Digger. Um, you do have Derrick Henry, of course, who's coming off another 200 yard gain against Houston. I don't know if we expect that to happen again, but you have Ryan Tannehill practicing in a limited fashion. I assume he's playing in this game. Where are your thoughts on this? I confidently stated last week that Ryan Tannehill would play, and then he got sick on Friday and didn't play. That's so. not against you. That's not your fault. <laughs> I'm gonna, we didn't know about the illness last Thursday. Right. I'm going to confidently, again, state that Ryan Tannehill will play in this game. Will it matter? That's the question. The Chiefs, well, it matters because Malik Willis would give them no I, chance. I think it does matter a lot. That is definitely true. Uh, the Chiefs have a really good statistical run defense when you look at the raw numbers, but when you look closely, they have struggled against – Heavier formations. The Raiders ran all over them with six offensive linemen on the field for most of the game. So I think the Titans' game plan is going to be to try to run the ball. Will they be successful? It's always interesting because like some teams, like the Texans last week, you know that Derrick Henry is getting the ball and they still can't stop it. Sometimes teams just know that the Titans are going to give the ball to Henry, so they load up the box. And even if they have been susceptible to the run in other games... They know where to focus their attention and are able to stop Derrick Henry. So it really comes down to that. These are also the two top teams in terms of red zone success right this season. Hmm. So that could be the difference in the game. If one team is having to kick a lot of field goals and another team is scoring touchdowns, then that you know that could be it. Well, that explains the Titans' record on some level because when you have the last-ranked offense in terms of yards, how are you getting your points? You're getting it because Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill combined are an amazing red zone combination. When I know Malik Willis is a runner, but Ryan Tannehill is one of the best decision-making running quarterbacks when he's in the red zone or short yard situation. You need him because you just don't think the Titans defense can slow down Kansas City enough. The Chiefs are back in that mode where if they have the ball, like against the 49ers, for instance, and there's about 35 seconds left in the half, it's like, we're going for a touchdown. Like, and they're getting it. And they're now that explosive. They have so many different ways that they can beat you. The Titans don't. The Titans need to show at some point that they could protect Ryan Tannehill and that they could throw through the air or else they're not going to have any chance. Mahomes was only touched three times, like touched by the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm not even assuming that the Titans front just like gets after him and pushes him around. No, and Kansas City is everything that the Titans aren't on the A.J. Brown front. For all these teams that traded away their star-wide receivers – it's working in Kansas City. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 100 yards both against the Niners. Mm. That's the first time that's happened to the Kansas City Chiefs with two wide receivers crossing 100 yards in a game since the year 2000. And now they've added Kadarius Toney, and I think that's going to work. So Toney is going – this is Andy Reid's quote yesterday. They're going to try to work him in during the Week 9 game, but Andy Reid has also said it's going to be a process. So I, w- I wouldn't expect Tony to play a lot in this game, but – uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, like you're saying, is now found his place in this offense, and I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to be a guy you could lock and load every week for five or six catches for 80 to 100 yards. He'll score touchdowns. Uh, but I, the one guy I want to highlight before we move on, Travis Kelsey is at 
playing at the peak of his powers statistically and looks unstoppable. He leads the NFL in receptions for a tight end with 47, receiving yards 553. He's already got seven touchdowns. And I feel like we had conversations, Greg, last year about is Kelsey still the same dude he was? Is he slowing down? And this year, and I get mad when I think, speaking of fantasy, when Tyreek gets traded, it's still Patrick Mahomes and Reed. It was so obvious now in retrospect that Kelsey was in line to have a monster year, and that's absolutely what's happening here. He had that play against the 49ers, and I know it was a touchdown called back by penalty where your boy Hufanga you know, Ufanga. just tried to deliver this like guy. breathtaking hit, just like cracking him at the goal line, and he just bounced off him like Couldn't he was just like a a small child. And that this is like one of the hardest hitters in the league. And like Kelsey's just so strong, it just was like, I don't care about you. I'm gonna walk into the end zone when you bounce off me. He also does have a podcast with his brother now, a very successful one, and he is the enemy uh, oh. of our podcast. And you know, result. it's produced. So I'm a little. Torn. At least in part yes. by, or at, you know, executive produced. I don't know where TD is at in the flow chart right now. But our Probably old high. producer, yeah. the around yes. the league producer back in 2013 or 14, TD is uh, involved in that it, operation. For TD, is that an so up, in his mind, is that an upgrade? Did he upgrade off of our show or is, he, is our show always the hype? I don't imagine he would have left the company seven years ago if he saw our show as the height of his career. Well, I think he's definitely he's upgraded his money. It's good that's, analysis. That's important. But he did uh, text me out of the blue a couple weeks ago when Paul Rudd was on their show to say, oh, you came up on the Kelsey Brothers podcast, which was cool. And Paul Rudd's a friend of mine. Well, uh, not the yes. number, No, the number one, according to Dan Hansis power rankings today. <laughs> He sort of Um, says that with a bit of bite. A little bite. He, You know what it was? Uh, Well, we don't have to get into it. But the Kelsey brothers came after him for uh, saying, oh, the Chiefs are the number one team in the power rankings. Uh, And uh, one of the the other Kelsey brother, the Eagle, was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. And then Rudd was like cornered a little bit. He's like, oh, yeah, I just mean it was Dan Hans' power rankings. It's a Dan Hans' shout out. That's a very serene. That's a kind. That shout out right there felt kind. We're very close. And I'm wondering why Justin hasn't gotten Paul Rudd on our podcast. Well, that's on our producer. He's and, you know, TD did it. TD got Paul Rudd on What's our their guy podcast. Doing? Ooh. What is our guy doing? He's too busy whining about the Titans being 12-point underdogs. Oh, nobody respects us. Like, come on. That is Show pretty up. disrespectful. Give us a, give us a good two. game, though. We need one on Sunday night. There's been a lot of snoozers when we're in that uh, film room. I like Monday <laughs> night, too. Uh, the Ravens at Saints. Ravens 5-3. and three. Saints 3-5. and five. However, uh, as we talked about on the flagship program on Sunday, this was a compelling Saints performance that made you go, hmm, all right, can we, is there a chance here for the Saints to straighten some things out in a wide open conference and kind of get back uh, into the playoff mix? Well, here's another great test, another measuring stick game here, Greggy, this time for the Saints against um, a Ravens team coming off back-to-back wins. Yeah, I'd pick these two teams as two of my favorite better than their record says they are teams, mm-hmm. or at least has more potential to go on a run here, but one's not going to feel Is very good. Is that content good. on the website? I mean, I kind of put that same line in my picks column, oh. so yes, technically. Sometimes in the old days, that would, have that would have been an ATN post that you know was about a thousand <laughs> right. words, so it would have been like, really interesting to read. Now yeah. it's like one line, yeah, and right. that, that's, that's it. That's where we're at. And uh, <laughs> I want to believe that the Saints' defense turned a corner. That okay. 
these players who were all fired up about, like, we're going to win this one for Dennis Allen against the Raiders. They really were saying that before the game. (laughs) It was a Dennis Allen revenge game. And then they played with an energy that I really? just haven't seen. Yeah, they they Why were into it. Why would that be thrown that, around? That well, because they like, got he got fired by them. Eight nine years I ago, know. these yeah. guys were in middle school when that was happening. He was a ter- he did terribly there. Marcus Davenport's been having one of the worst seasons of his career. Suddenly has a game where he literally picked up Devontae Adams like he was a small child and threw him. It was one of the most impressive things I've seen uh, all season. Uh, Peyton Turner. Remember him? They took him in the first round a couple years ago. Sure. Hasn't done anything. Has barely played. Has a great game. Jordan plays great. Their secondary plays great. They've drafted a kid, Elante Taylor, who's now only played two games. In those two games, he's looked like a star young cornerback. It's only two games, but he did a great job against Devontae Adams. Marshawn Lattimore, maybe he returns this week, and suddenly you're thinking, if they have a top five defense, and I think they have the personnel to do it. Pete Werner I've talked about as like an all-pro type of guy. If they have a good defense, and this offense has been good enough to make them frisky week after week, and then this will be a really fun game. I would like Pete Werner as one of my guys, by the way, because it is I've already... I mean, I've talked about him a lot. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I can steal him from you. He is actually, yeah. yeah, it's right now. It's, it's, it's been in processing well, toward it's, Greg. That's problematic. I want to see the Ravens' defense. You get, you have Roquan Smith dipped into the mix. Good point. Tyus Bowser's back. I mean, that to me, they are they have the 28th ranked pass defense. I don't. I, I think Andy Dalton can do something with that. Um, but still, there, we need to see, to see what the New Orleans situation is with their own wide receivers. It feels like Michael Thomas drifted out to sea and may never return to us in civilization. He is He's in line. There's a new season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. He's in line to be the season finale. Like, I think so. It's just like I mean, what, his foot. Like what? It's just it's an unsolved. Why isn't he on injured reserve? He hasn't played in like t- two months. Like what? It's a fair question. They thought they must have thought he would return faster than he is. Well, yeah. When you've had multiple injuries like this, maybe you're – Really trying to be. That's a bummer. It has careful. helped though. Chris Olave emerge as the best rookie receiver yeah, but, in the league. Yeah, but man, I to me when Thomas returns, Olave is a great number one, and Thomas would be a great number two. I know that sounds weird, but like he's more of the possession guy. Yeah. And then you got Taysom Hill in the running game. You got Kamara catching passes. So like, easy to gas Greg up about the Saints. Yeah, it is. You just Andy Dalton has the <laughs> highest PFF grade of his career by far. He's playing pretty good football. There is projection there, but you there feels like the Saints could be made for a run if all if the defense turns around, if these pieces come back, like and you're trusting that you get the good version of Andy Dalton because he's the starter going forward. But don't we feel like the Ravens are getting better and better? And ultimately, I I picked the Ravens in a one point win. I it was a hard one to mm, choose. That had hurt. But they just feel like their defense is getting better and better each week, and that their offense. I know they won't have Rashad Bateman. He's going to be out a couple weeks. Sure. Deshaun Jackson. Might make his debut here in the Superdome. I'm not getting excited about that. That does not gas me. Well, they didn't make a receiver move here, so. uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when's the last time Deshaun Jackson had a sustained run of good play at this point? Outside of one breakout game. I feel like he's had one good game a year. It's usually week one. Past five years. It's usually week one. Then he vanishes. It's it's a little worrisome how the Ravens hasn't had a consistent passing attack. Uh, but I think they'll be able to run on the Saints. The Saints used to be known as a great run defense, and, and maybe not saw- anymore. You got Gus, you got Lamar. Ooh. I think they could be. Which I thought their approach to the Bucks game was so bizarre—the way they threw the ball something like 35 times in the first half. Then they ran it so well in the second. They, if they can do that against the Saints, Lamar. They're good. In a I need dome, to know about Mark Andrews. How is Mark Andrews' health? Because with the wide receiver position being thin already. Um, the shoulder injury is not, quote, a major thing, according to John Harbaugh, but uh, 
bum shoulder is tough for a physical guy like a tight end like Mark Andrews. So keep an eye on that. All right, let's move to the draft. I think it's time. All right, let's move to the draft with the first overall pick in the 2022 Week 9 around the NFL draft, Mark Sessler. Well, I'm going to go simply for the attraction of watching potentially massive disaster unfold for one of the two teams, the Rams at the Bucks. Uh, There's only two late games. We like to strategize how we draft here, and I'm taking Mm, one of them. Strategy. And I just want to see – I do wonder if I'm signing up to watch – a super dull period piece because the Bucks have been tough on the eyes <laughs> for a long, long time here. Like Little Women? Little Women was like amazing. Little Women the is new a, Little Women. So sure, I mean, sound drop. Little Women is a nice film and a I nice mean, book. I mean, you can make a, it a sound as a drop as you want. Scream it from the heavens. Give me Little Women on a flight across the country sound drop. all day. I'm thinking more like a nine-part um, PBS or BBC. Uh, <laughs> right, I really stepped on a landmine there with uh, the Kissing Cousins <laughs> like a, and Little Women. <laughs> Like an old Merchant Tuffy. Ivory movie. Greg and I like it. to share book and film recommendations That's a bad beat. That's a bad beat. Uh, but let's save it for the Little Women podcast in Fair. the offseason. Ah! Uh, go on. Uh, I just see two teams that can't play a complete game. You know, Two of the league's most frustrated quarterbacks. The Two, two of the league's most frustrated coaches. I mean, the Rams have the Pinch highest me. turnover rate of any offense game, in the league. It did though. That's the thing. The reason it matters is because whoever loses this, and you could you could nitpick them all for what they can't do. Whoever loses this, um, the Bucks will have six losses at this point. The Rams five. Mm. And I just simply at that point I'm willing to say, you're just a bad team. And I don't really care how the a terrible NFC shakes out. If one of these sneaks in as a wild card but can't handle their business here, I don't trust you at all. And I will simply, whoever loses this game, gets removed from my hemisphere for the rest of the regular Ooh. season. I will not speak of you. I will ignore you. <laughs> here's, here's one problem. Possible. Here's one problem with that, uh, uh, Mark. Yeah, other than what Greg just said. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the NFC South standings. And right now, I get all that. The Bucks are one game out of first place. So as annoying as it is, even a loss, as bad as it would be, and it would be very bad if the, if the Bucks once again fall here, at home, uh, they're still alive. Uh, the Rams, man, I don't know. For them. I don't know where the Rams are at. Um, we talked about how they they failed to get the the premier pre- pass rusher they were after. That tells me they still think they are a Von Millerish right. player away. And well, they they wanted to add that piece. They did not add that piece. They wanted to add the piece on offense. CMC. They did not add that piece. They still. You know, this Odell Beckham idea is just an idea rather than anything real, or we don't even know what his physical situation is. So they're just who they are still right now, Greggy, which is a team that has struggled to consistently move the ball. Um, They are 30th in overall total offense this season in terms of yardage, which I think it goes down in a season of a lot of surprises and a lot of, let's frankly, let's just say what it is. A lot of the teams we expected to be good have been bitterly disappointing. That's a big one right there. Yeah, this is like the bad vibes bowl. And I think these two teams are different. I think it's bigger for the Rams because they're not in the NFC South. Like, yeah, the NFC is a mess, but you're probably going to have to have a winning record to make the playoffs here still. Like, especially with how good the NFC East is, you you can't be third place in the NFC West and expect to make the playoffs. You're going to have to pass one of those teams ahead of you. The Bucks, to me, look like a good team that's playing bad. But the Rams just look like a bad team. If you took away the uniforms and, and you know the players, and there's obviously great players on it, Cup and, and Donald and Ramsey, but they just are playing 
and look like a bad team. There's, no, there's nothing in the numbers. There's nothing in the eye test. There's nothing that tells you they're not extremely limited on offense because of their offensive line and that they're nothing special on defense, despite Donald and Ramsey. We, we've hit seven or eight games. The Bucks, to me, feel more like they're sloppy and they just can't get it together and they're two steps forward, you know, three steps back. But, like, it's there and the players are there and they get a little healthier this week. And uh, the Rams, they just haven't shown it to me. I just feel like they're they're a good coaching staff and a bad team. It doesn't make any and sense. And the offense obviously is getting a lot of flack, as it should. It's been disappointing. But the defense, like you're saying, like they have averaged fewer sacks a game than last year, fewer takeaways a game. Um, and Aaron Donald, this is a little under the radar, he has zero sacks in three of his last four games, and sacks don't always tell the whole story. But he only has one game this season where he has multiple QB hits. I mean, this is a historically dominant player who ruins game plans by even if he doesn't get the sack, just being in the grill and getting in a quarterback's face and in a quarterback's head. Um, we're not seeing that as much. So, man, it, it, it just seems so much is out of whack with this team, and maybe it is the Super Bowl hangover. But that that I don't know what that even means. But it is the team that played in February – and came back and beat Cincinnati is just not here anymore. They also, I think, their weapons were operating at their height on that run. Stafford, you were getting the good version of Stafford. You're not getting the good version of Stafford behind this line on any level. And at this week, if Cooper Cup, I mean, he's not, he didn't practice during a portion of this week. They, you know, they, they, they project him to play. But what version of Cooper Cup? Because if it's, if it's less, then where do the Rams go? They essentially are sitting around behind the scenes trying to mend fences with Cam Akers, their running back. Can you name Weird. two teams in the league that abandon the run more quickly in games when things don't work than these two mm. teams? They're both unbalanced on offense, and the Rams cannot get themselves out of a jam. And it, we saw it against the Niners. They have, they have one good half in them. They don't have, they don't have two. They, they can't uh, protect Stafford, but the Bucks defense, their numbers have really declined over the last three weeks. They were great the first month, and – one of the worst defense in the league, like one of the six they or seven They don't have a turnover in four weeks. Yeah, the last three or four weeks. And they have needed blitzes to create pressure. And now they're without um, Shaq Barrett for the rest of the season. And so that problem could be even bigger. But, but blitzes have been really working on Matthew Stafford in this line. The communication isn't there. And I saw how Carlton Davis and Cameron Bray and Sean Murphy Bunting are returning. And when I see these two quarterbacks, I still see them very different. I see... Tom Brady having a chance and playing pretty, at least having moments. He didn't play great on Thursday night football, but they have a little extra rest. They're at home. Last week I picked uh, against a team that was on a four-game losing streak, and I hit that lock. And this week I'm locking up a team on a three-game losing streak. That's the Buccaneers. They're gonna win this game. That is a spicy lock. Okay, I yeah, I'm I'm I believe. Better football is ahead for Brady as well. I could see it for Stafford too, though. So I'm not totally writing off the Rams, and maybe this is their circle the wagons type game. But I, I want to say one more thing about Cooper Cup. The reason we were talking about him a couple minutes ago is because he has a bad ankle now because he was in the end of that game. And I think that kind of just is a symbolic of the, the whiff of desperation around the Rams right now. Like they got their butts whipped by their rival in their building filled with red and it was almost like Cup and Stafford were still trying to connect late in that game just to make things look presentable, put a little lipstick on the pig. Uh, and it just tells you, like, how out of whack this team is right now. So It's inexcusable. That is one of the worst coaching moves of the year. His, he either just had, like, a 
a total mental meltdown where he wasn't he thinking. He owned it after the game. He, or he just didn't worth. care because yeah. they were down 17. There was under two minutes left. This is the same franchise that refuses to play even backup players in the That's preseason for like half of a second. And you yeah. got point. him out there with 17. I mean, McVay, when they're winning, like seems like a happy little boy on the sideline. But when they're losing, you can just sense they start to freak out a little bit. And the coaching has not set like, – a year ago, like Raheem Morris, for instance, that was like going to be a head coach at this point, and it's like it's not working right now. Mm. Nothing's working for the Rams. Well, big game. All right, let's take a break, and we'll continue on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, here we go. Let's get back into the draft. The old Zeuser is up, and uh, shocker, I'm going Bills at Jets. Good job. Uh, From the Meadowlands, a uh, very big – man, is this measuring stick week? I feel like this might be a theme. Oh, I had another theme, Hmm. which I already forgot to mention. The last game was perfect for it. It was like the which team stopped the slide week. Stop the slide week. Stop the slide week. Yeah, that would have fit that previous game. (laughs) All right. It's like some teams have to stop the slide at some point. And And you were very big on stop the steal, too. So this ties in (laughs) uh, nicely. It's like Packers, (laughs) Chargers. We we can bring it up. Was Jets Patriots not a measuring stick? I feel like we sold it that way for the Jets and from a psychological uh, level. Sure. Um, that was mo- that was an exorcism that failed. 
Yes, so it we, failed. Um, this is a measuring stick because I don't think anyone expects the Jets to win this game um, because the Bills are superior in just about every way. Uh, the Bills are the best team in football. Um, I expect them to go there, and even though the Jets' defense has been very good this year, uh, Buffalo will move the ball, and again, it will put pressure on the Jets' offense to respond. So I think what happens um, on the Jets' side of it, what makes it a measuring stick game for them is, do do you watch your season now spiral, uh, and you look back to the Patriots game as the moment where Mm. it began, and then you get beat by 30 points in your building by the Bills, and then we're off to the races of sadness again. I want to stay optimistic here because I I want to see – Listen, it was a bloodletting. There was a lot of uh, pain and uh, uh, Jets misery for the fan base that poured out over Zach Wilson and his failures against New England. Greg, you just watched the game, um, and we talked a little bit before the show. The third quarter, and basically when the game was in the pounds, he was miserable, but there were some positives also to take out of the game. So you flush last week, and you learn more about Wilson uh, against the best team in football here. Yeah, I'm less interested, I got to be honest, when – the Jets offense has the ball. And maybe this is giving too much problem. too much credit to the Bills that I think the mismatch on that side of the ball is so great that the Bills will win this game one way or another. The the pass rush stat that NBC put up there s- explained their entire season last week and if you missed it it was that the Bills have the number 1 pressure rate in the NFL and the number 32 blitz rate in the NFL. That's the dream. Not only are you the best pass rushing team in the league, you are by a lot because you never have to send extra rushers. And Zach Wilson is fine when he doesn't face pressure. The numbers would tell you he's good, that he's better than average in almost every number when he doesn't face pressure. Yet when he does, he's the worst quarterback in, the in the league. He's completely off the rails. And there's just no reason to think this Jets offensive line will protect him for four quarters against the Bills, and I just can't see them scoring enough points to stay competitive for four quarters. I'm with you. I don't. I, I struggle to call it a measuring... St- I know where you're coming from, Dan, but it's just like the Bills have... The, what you just mentioned about their pass rush is exactly how they unplugged the Rams in the first game of the season, and essentially the Rams never recovered from that, and they gave a they basically gave a roadmap on how to deal with Los Angeles, and they're doing it every week because we focus on their offense, but their defense has been a defense that essentially sets you on fire and throws you in the water, and you drown, and I don't know how the Jets right now can possibly survive unless you get Sauce Gardner your defensive stars somehow putting the Bills into a really tough spot. I mean, the defense, you know, metrically so for the Jets. you get, like, a pick six that doesn't get waved up by a Fugazi yeah, you right. you the You're going to need running for games. You're going to need screens. freaky what the plays. Packers tried to You're going to need freaky. This is why you hired Robert Sala. I'm not saying that, that we expect this to happen this, this week now. But how about even win or lose? How about it's a game where it's – 24 to 20. And the Jets say, you know what? We've been able to do something against the Bills that no other team's well, you, done. That's and exactly what I'm f- talking about. Right. Yeah, that, I, right. I was going to get to that. And yeah. you are yeah. the fourth best team in your division so, by a lot. So they are, again, they're 5-3. and three. Uh, I think PFF had them graded out right now as the number one defense in the league, the number 32 offense. That's out of whack. But it does tell you that Robert Sala and his vision – in concert with Joe Douglas, it's working. Because remember, this time last year, the Jets were historically bad on defense. So this is a fairly remarkable turnaround. And then I want to say one other thing here. Because I'm going to try to be a little more optimistic this week. Um, the Bills, who like we, to see all, that from you. we all acknowledge are the best team in football, 
Uh, I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, since week two, they had the lost the two point loss to the Dolphins. They beat the Ravens by three. They destroyed the Steelers by 35. They beat the Chiefs by four. They beat the ba- Packers by 10. And I know the 10 there is a little misleading, but at the same time, they're not running teams out of the building week after week, unless you stink or you're the Titans but, but, early in the season. Um, so I don't think it's asking a lot for the Jets team that's improving to be able to hang around in this game as long as the quarterback doesn't kill them. I would just say one thing. like That Packers game, you, you finally got an outing where Josh Allen did not look like the Josh Allen of this season, that he made mistakes. There were turnovers. It didn't matter at all. It didn't matter at all. So you're going to need to cause chaos and cause mistakes. It's the only way that the Bills will tumble to right. any team. But they, I'm saying they, I think they have that ability on defense to do that, and they well, will we'll have see. to do it. We'll right. see. You, you, Look at the quarterbacks the Jets have played during this defensive surge as well. I mean, it's been a little spotty. Yeah, you, you started you know, asking about the Jets' offense, and I am not as interested in that. I'm extremely interested to watch the Jets' defense versus this Bills' offense. I mean, that's a great matchup. Look at the teams the game. that the Bills have played this year. This is the best defense that they've played. I think there are very real questions you could ask about the Bills' offense. Not that they're very, not that they're not very good. They're obviously a top five. They're a great offense, but they play against a great pass rush this week. Let's see how that offensive line uh, holds up. Are they going to get the ball out quickly? Uh, you have cornerbacks who can actually try to cover Stefan Diggs and McKenzie in the, this group, and their running game, are they going to be patient enough to run against the Jets? Because I think the Jets will just beg them to run. And they did a nice job of that last week with Singletary. And they've added Naheem Hines. But are they going to be patient? Because I think the Jets will just ask them to do that. I think this is a great matchup. I think the Jets are actually better defensively than some of the analytics say or, or the numbers. And the numbers are good. But to me, they're a top five defense against a top five offense. So to me, that that's popcorn and that's going to be All right, great. Here's a good nug, too. The Bills have won 11 straight when their number one wide out, Stefan Diggs, has 100 receiving yards. Um, on Sunday night, Josh Allen connected on seven of 17 attempts for a touchdown and two picks when not targeting Diggs. If the Jets, if Sauce can neutralize Diggs, Maybe you have a chance. He has allowed 26 yards in man coverage all year. That's best in the NFL. He is what? not it's a, a rookie. Pick. That's a stat. Yes. That I mean, is it's insane. ridiculous. And that's, so that's why, that's why I mentioned him earlier, because if he can remove your star player, then it's like you, it's got to be Quentin Williams. It's got to be Sauce Gardner. It's got to be Solace Dudes doing this. And, like, and frankly, I'm relieved we're not talking too much about Zach Wilson, but he can't then kill them when he gets put in opportunities to succeed. I'd almost assume that's going to happen and the defense is going to have to overcome it. He, they he, won't if he, he if he seems fails, like it seems it's like over. it's there's predictably five or six totally chaotic plays from Zach Wilson a week and why would this be the week it doesn't happen at, against the best defense in at football practice they need to like get like a I don't know like a dog pen or something that just prevents him from running five yards backwards like you're not allowed <laughs> right that you'll get electrocuted Put him if on a you leash, run right, five yards to the center backwards. you can't stop going backwards it's never do. worked it's you worked put, like three times and it's failed a about child 50. leash like don't, the leash yeah, around, around his stomach. neck no, that's stomach, meaning, but put it around leash. his waist yeah connect it to the waist of the center sure <laughs> i don't know if it's is it in the rule books you can't do that like, show me in the rule book where you can't do that. I don't that. think it's um, specifically noted that you can't put a, a leash around the waist of a player. Stop All right. doing it. Let's move to uh, the third pick, Greg Rosenthal. Okay, I'm taking Seahawks-Cardinals. Uh, there's only two late games this week. Very interesting. I always love uh, watching Geno live. Actually, was hoping to get Rams-Bucks here, but I like this late slate. We can watch them both. I'll be focused in on the Seattle 
defense, which according to DVOA is number one in the league over the last three weeks after being 30th in the league for the, the first four weeks. Now that number one, you know, it's heavily matchup dependent and it's only three weeks, but it started against these Cardinals. Remember, they only gave up three points in that game. They've been more aggressive. Nuoso's been terrific. Jordan Brooks making more plays pretty good in the secondary. They can cover you. I don't think they're going to be great, but I do think there's a vibe there. There's an excitement with all these young players. It's mm. a young, frisky mm-hmm. team. And I and it's mm-hmm. it's not about losing... Gonna- no, I already locked up uh, oh, right, right, the Bucks. Right, right. Although this would be a pretty good one. Uh-huh. Is it gonna? You can switch it. Yeah, it's gonna. The Geno's. All right, you're confusing. I don't want to switch it. <laughs> I don't like switching it. But it. This is a, a stop the slide game for the Cardinals, by the way, because I see it as a measuring stick game for the Cardinals. But go on. Okay, it's maybe a, it's the same thing. So the Cardinals are three and five. If they go to three and six again, the NFC West, you're buried. You're 0-3 in the division, and you're like three losses behind the playoff spot in the NFC. It's it's starting to get very late early for the Cardinals. They really need to win this. This would be a season sweep for the Seahawks. I think the Cardinals are their record. Uh, the, the Seahawks, they have, to, they also have to stop the Seahawks' offense. Only the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles are scoring more points per game. But there is a stop difference. Stop the surge. <laughs> you Not did that. You really got to stop with this. Yeah, the stop the steal references. <laughs> no, surge is... Oh, stop the surge. Yeah, that was surge. The was. Seahawks surge. Yeah, exactly. It has been quite a surge. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's it's been the an Seahawks Arizona surge. surge since DeAndre Hopkins has come back. They're scoring 10 more points a yeah. game. And Kyler Murray's stats across the board are he way better, better than DeAndre Doesn't Hopkins. He, look he does, yeah. Hey, the Cardinals, man. I know, but you that game. You, you have to say they're a better offense with DeAndre Hopkins of course, by far. It's, of course. It's two-game sample they, size. They stink. That game against the Vikings was a clinic in dysfunction. The final five possessions of the game. I wrote about this in the power ring, so I just want to read it to you guys. A red zone miscommunication on third down that led to a shotgun snap fired off Kyler Murray's left arm. A muff point, a, mu- a muff punt by Greg Dortch that led to Minnesota's final touchdown. A Murray interception on a late throw over the middle. A Murray pass short of the sticks on fourth and four. A blindside block personal foul by Eno Benjamin that doomed that frantic final drive in the closing se- seconds. This is every single week with the Cardinals. They are poorly coached. They don't execute. Yes, they are more frisky with DeAndre Hopkins. In fact, he's awesome. Uh, but the way they just do not play smart football, it makes them impossible to watch. Like, am I going to watch Hard Knocks on the Cardinals and see this team week after well, week? I'm intrigued. I well, got to say, stumble? That, from, from that angle, I think I'd it's... rather go watch a car crash. It's just like enough with this team. Execute. Be professional. Well, that's why I think they are the record because that stuff's been happening every single game. But from a hard knocks angle, don't you kind of want to watch a car crash versus Kyler a functional intriguing. situation? Yeah. I'm just curious what this is. I Maybe you're not going to go too deep into it, but I'm curious what the whole Cliff thing and the Kyler vibes behind the scenes with J.J. Watt will be involved. They already uh, said they've whacked a few things from the edit, um, uh, well, citing that- uh, Cliff Kingsbury saying, We've whacked some things when, uh, you know, it would have gotten me canceled. I'm like, oh, way to sell it, Cliff. (laughs) Plus, uh, (laughs) what are we doing here? Even that, they're messing up. This game, I mean, it sounds stupid to just reduce it to quarterbacks. But at this point, Geno's the best quarterback in the division this year. He certainly is. I think you're right. And his numbers against pressure, kind of the opposite of Zach Wilson, are fantastic. Like, he has made on-target throws when he's – pressured and weirdly uh, our our great research 
uh, department noted this. The Cardinals' defense is one of the worst defenses even when they create pressure. So even when they're getting after the quarterback, their secondary is bad enough that they're just not finishing the plays. And so that's a big advantage for Geno throwing up against pressure. He just looks down the gun I'm into it. Hey, listen, Greggy, I'm, I've backed off this. He has been the best quarterback this year. It's stunning to me, it's uh, really but crazy. it is what it is, and he's been great. And uh, and now that the defense is jumped up and leveled up here, uh, why not the Seahawks? Um, I'm not saying they're going to knock off the Eagles in January, but damn, like they are just humming on both sides of the ball, and – what else can you say? They have the running game going. They got a quarterback playing well. They have two big-time impact receivers. And now you have a defense that's gone from the worst in the league to above average the last three weeks at least. It's like, what's not to like? What I is worry they, about this game, and, It's a division and, game twice in three weeks. I worry about this game. It's a, on the road. Like, they've been on a roll. Like, this would tell me a lot if they can win this game. Because usually these division games, they kind of even I out. mean, is Arizona a tough place to go play? It's usually filled with, it's going to be half Seahawks fans. That's a fair point. And, yes, they're on the road this week. But the, Seattle, especially when the city believes into the, the team, that is a great home field advantage. Like, that that played a role in the Giants' loss, I thought, last week. They might uh, have the best home field half, advantage quarter. in the league because they have such a good home field advantage. And now thinking about it, they traveled to Arizona well. Right. They traveled to L.A. well. You got the wine and cheese crowd in Santa Clara's up and down. Like, it's not a tough uh, three stadiums to go to. Greggy. All right. I'm taking Chargers-Falcons. It, it, it's tough. I, I, I want to watch the Pats a little bit live, but I just am more intrigued right now by this game. This is a stop-the-slide game as well for these Chargers. You lose to the Falcons in this spot, and it goes from concerning coming off a bye um, to, like, four-alarm fire. Keenan Allen might not play in this game. Dan, you were early on this corner mm. pointing out it was not smart for them to play him before the bye, and now it looks like he aggravated it's that bad. injury. It's, yeah. It is not after a bye. When the coach comes out and says after the bye week, the leg is not responding to how we expected it to, we are now edging into territory, Greg, where he could be just done. It's mismanagement. It could be one of those situations. Right, and they played him, I think it was 14 snaps in that game, and – he didn't do anything, and I'm sure they really g- regret that decision. It's also kind of a litmus test for Staley. I think good coaches make adjustments during a bye week. Their big adjustment this offseason was supposed to be, we're going to stop the run really well. We're going to get Sebastian Joseph Day, and we're going to get some other pieces, and Cleo Mack, and we're going to stop the run. That started out well this season, hasn't been great the last few weeks, and now here, uh, where do you got to go travel? You got to go face the... Falcons, who are great at running the ball. So it's kind of a litmus test for what Staley's trying to accomplish this season and what he did during the bye week. And the Chargers are getting killed on early down runs, especially. And that is exactly where Atlanta has made their bread and butter. They have 27 runs of 10-plus yards on early downs, six most in the NFL. That's what they are. I mean, we get it. Like, Marcus Mariota throwing the ball is only a thing out of necessity in certain situations. And if they can run with my guy, Tyler Algier... Oh, yeah, that Pending. is your guy. Where are, we, where are we with that process? Because here's where I'm at yeah. with the process. I don't care about the process. Right, the but pro- that's, that's unfortunately, for you to check that's your not little, how life works. That's nice for you if you want to be a little corporate man and have your little process. It is corporate. But it's, it's simply not to how I see it. the guy, uh, it is, there is a process. And like I said, I was cool about it. I got it down from a six to eight week uh, transit process on this uh, and review to, I think, two to four. 
So maybe as soon as next week we'll have an update. That is a true corporate man. Again, I, he is already my guy. That is that the my guy standings? Yeah. You're yeah, like, oh, I don't care Mark about music. the process. It's like, yeah, you got to wait for that passport to come back in the mail. You might not care about the passport process. But I've heard not enough from you, you as well, country. Greg. I've heard enough from you as well. <laughs> that is a good point, though. That is, that's how I feel. I don't like I'm not excited about the process, but it is what it is. Sometimes that's life. Nonsensical. I don't even remember what we were talking about anymore. The Chargers and the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Stopping Atlanta's ground Where game. Where is uh, Patterson? Where's Cordero Patterson? He might return this week. That would be that's, uh, that's nice. a huge addition uh, for them. And, yeah, the Chargers are – the thing that worries me about them, their problems aren't consistent. They have some problems, like the running game early in the season. They kind of fix it. Then they have another problem, the run defense. And then they have another problem, they're not getting the ball downfield. Mike Williams, by the way, also uh, – is probably going to miss this game. So Mike Williams and Keenan Allen great. for that. Sounds great offense. for the Chargers. I, I picked the Falcons. I don't feel great about it. What, what do you guys think? This is a tough one. I, I think Atlanta could win this game. I mean, you're not getting the version of Justin Herbert that we thought this whole season we would. Ever since that injury, his numbers have gone down. Completion percentage. Uh, it's three straight games with a sub-100 passer rating. Three straight games under 300 yards. You don't have Keenan Allen. You don't have Williams. You're asking Josh Palmer to essentially be your guy. I don't like that a situation at I all. I love the Falcons in this game. I'm not in oh, on no. this Chargers team. I, I think they, I think Atlanta at home is a much better place coming off a, 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 a win. And, yeah, the taking Keenan Allen out of the offense and hopefully with more time maybe because it's something I would imagine the Chargers are purposely keeping under the radar – what is the health of um, Justin Herbert, who has not been the same quarterback since his injury. But you take Mike Williams, their big play threat out, and you take away Keenan Allen all season long. It's a long. great matchup, though. It made the Bengals look amazing. It yeah, made, but the they Bengals had have amazing open, players. Right. They had a lot of open receivers against Carolina who Who's went making up and the down big the plays field. Their the Chargers. Def- their defense, yeah. I don't know. Eckler. This would be a, like, our right. quarterback is better than yours type of time for Herbert to just show up but we, and ball out. We all love Herbert. But that guy hasn't been around this year for the no. most part. The guy that just He's takes still, everything around him and makes it better. There's The thing is, what I find beguiling is that there's still four or five things he does a game where it's like, he is here. It's just not drive after drive. And even in even in his rookie year, when he had no offensive line in front of him, he was that guy. So I, I find it just confusing. And if, they, if, the, if the Chargers ever got bounced here... You'd have to look at the two L.A. teams and say they are the two of the most disappointing teams in the league. Can't you see the Chargers? Don't they feel 4-4 four and four to you? They feel like a 4-4 four and four team to you. I know, and, but, I mean, but the Falcons don't feel like a 5-4 and four as much why as not? I not? Because their defense, I think that I expected to start the season to be a tire fire, I think is starting to show up, okay. especially with A.J. Terrell out. That's why they made that trade. They made a trade for Rashad Fenton, who will probably start immediately for them, but they're they're pretty thin there on well, defense they were, in general. That no said a lot rush. about that Carolina game a week ago. So the secondary they was were lucky. in flames. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a break, and then the draft will roll on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, we're back, and it's time for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota, and it is my pick. And uh, I will take the Miami Dolphins against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Compelling, interesting. I'm in. I'm in on this game on multiple levels. I'm in on this game because the Dolphins are fascinating on offense at this point to me. Um, The one thing I needed to see them do is go, like, stack some points against an opponent, uh, and they did exactly that against the Lions, um, and they looked kind of unstoppable at times in doing so. Yes, it's the Lions, but guess what? The Bears aren't no great shakes anymore either with uh, uh, their two Robert Quinn gone. Uh, Roquan Smith gone. Uh, So I want to see the Dolphins continue to kind of build off this momentum. Bradley Chubb, I don't know what his status is for this game. Jeff Wilson, we'll see. Status is wealthy. That's his status. Yes, um, because they did sign immediately after the trade got done, and we speculated this uh, as something that could or would happen. Fins and Bradley Chubb agreed to a $110 million extension. Incentives could boost it up to 111.25. Chubb is now tied to the Dolphins for six years and $119 million. So kind of do it the right way. If you're going to give up assets like that, you better keep the guy around if you believe in him, and you better believe in him. So Chubb's in the building. Two is in the building. Tyreek Hill and TJ Waddle are in the building uh, and we've been talking about this. Hill is on pace for 2,042 yards. How about that? Waddle's on pace for 15, 45, and 11. I want to see these, this team do some more things on offense. And that said, I find, you know, I would avoid this game myself in years past. The Bears on offense, at least, are finally watchable and intriguing. I, I, their team-building scenario is a little strange because I think we complained all offseason. You're not building around Justin Fields. 
And instead, like it's like you've got these pieces on defense that they sell away. But the last month of Chicago's offense, like watching the way they run the ball, I think they can make almost any game competitive if they can handle that part Whoa. of the game. I the, 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 the situation is their defense may just crumble at this point. You've sold your two best players, and you're and I don't like the matchup here. Because I think Raheem Mostert, right, is where you could start with Miami and you could just run all over him. And you can't stop the wide receivers. And I, and I, people want to, like, not give Tua credit, it feels like. A lot of this is happening because of Tua. It's not just you plug in any quarterback and this situation unfolds for Miami. He's been, I think, like last week was the best game he's had all season. I agree. I think you can see the difference between him and when Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater were in. Now, they had great yards per attempt and they moved the ball, but the ball comes out quicker. The RPO game is better. And just that 10 to 15 percent difference of like, I'm going to make the decision a little faster and know what we're doing. I think he has a better command of the offense makes the whole thing go. And who cares? You don't need to separate the quarterback in the system. You can't no. set. You couldn't separate Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're going to go up and down the field. There was some buzz in Chicago last week of like, huh, they traded uh, Quinn and their effort on defense, especially Roquan Smith, who then got traded. But, uh, you know, just like suddenly the defense, like the floor fell out from under them. Which we talked about heading into you, last you, week. Yes. You mentioned that to your credit. And, they just lost two of their best players, and, and the Cowboys just picked on all their young players in the secondary. You would think that the Dolphins will be able to do the same, and that puts puts Fields in a tough spot. What are you telling your up. defense when you when you basically get the veteran leader gone, Roquan Smith, your star gone? That side of the ball is thinking, you've sold us down the river. Well, they've, yeah, they're sticking dynamite under the defense and starting over, um, but they do believe in Justin Fields, as they should. The running game, as you said, Mark, they should chase Claypool now is on this team uh, with Mooney. So that's why it's not just that I want to see the Dolphins on offense. I also want to see Chicago and see if they could graduate to Frisky. Um, oh, they're the there. The they're Frisky. I'm there with them. What about the pa- – I mean, you didn't feel that way after the Patriots game? I did, well, they also lost 12-7 to the Washington the week before and then lost 49-29 I, I would just after. say this. I like teams so. that like – they they, re- they rebranded who they were on, on offense. No, and I, I like that. That's what I was I, saying. I, to be frisk for me to be frisky, it's not just that the young quarterback is making okay. plays. Like the defense has to, it has to be maybe one more. Give me a good game here, and I'm in. That's I all was, I'm saying. I was impressed that they made it a game in Dallas after falling down early because that was Fields. That was the offense. Right. That was the thing you didn't think that they could do. They've rushed for over 230 yards four times this year. You know, we have a great research department. But sometimes you got to go over to the Rosenthal Research Department. Ew. Just go to a little pro football reference and break out the uh, MacBook calculator. Here's Justin Fields at his last four games, Dan. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. 7.9 <laughs> yards per attempt, 277 That's rushing good. yards, That's great. five passing touchdowns, two interceptions. 15 sacks. Got to mention the the other side. That's, that that's too many. St- still doing that. And for what it's worth, second in fantasy points among quarterbacks. And if you go back to like... It's nice worth a lot to some people. If you go yeah. back to like week two or three, you could have made an argument for him as like the second worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> Why is the Rosenthal Research Department gross? I don't know. Just Can like... you imagine living with me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, you could have... Uh, our media group is so excellent, our research group, that you could have just said, hey, can you do some digging on... Uh, fields and they would have sent you back something probably 
really, really That's intense true. and deep, like a deep. That dive. was too basic. It's, it's the throwing them under the bus part that was maybe unnecessary. Well, I was. It was just four weeks of data. It felt pretty easy to just kind of. But you know, you, you it's you know you got to add the yards and then divide now, it by if, the attempts. If I'm going to well, take the math a shot, part is, is to your credit. Our producer, six foot seven, Drew Christensen, knows he what actually it's like grew to be a inches. researcher. He's six nine now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but also the research notes has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Called they're called the Flash Brothers. Is that coming from the research group, or is that actually the nickname that's out there in the streets? I don't. I hope not. That's not a good nickname. We'll have to talk to Jeff Greenholtz about this, the leader of the research group. Maybe they're pulling their own Pro Football Reference, where they're just what, adding nicknames left and right. Greenholtz, that guy. You ever talk to Jeff? Good well, guy. We work work with him for about ten yeah, years. Many times. I've, I've seen him around the Santa Monica area a few times. I want cameras following Greenholtz around. Um, like when he's skiing and stuff, I bet he has a really fun life. You know, I, I'll tell you a Greenhold story real fast. I was yeah. once at the, the Mondrian. Bachelor. You know the, where Sky Bar is? Yes. Mondrian Hotel up in Hollywood. This is years ago. It was yep. daytime. I had my the day off, typical, like, go do your own thing. Uh-huh. And went out and sat by the pool with a drink. Greenhold's. Greenhold's. All right, that is the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Let's move on. Me and Greenhold sitting out by the... At the sky I, bar. I once saw Tall, him lean, at handsome. a... Oh, he's, there's no... All those things are true. A Santa Monica watering hole. I was with my uh, my wife, Emma. He travels the town. Who Not, was there? Greenholz. Greenholz. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> this is a show that airs on NFL Network. Yes. I haven't... I got to admit, watched it this year. We're, we already did it. We lived it. We don't need to watch it. Now, yes. Drew, Drew is back there. Good yeah, Former research uh, department uh, A Greenholz understudy. Do you cut out this whole portion of of the show for the TV version, or do you get two minutes of Greenholz talk on NFL Network? Drew doesn't talk. Okay, but Justin can talk for him. Drew said, got to wait and see. <laughs> I would guess. He's like, got to talk to Greenholz. I would guess no <laughs> chance, but it's not my call. Okay, yeah, I don't know how that works. Uh, do they edit out? I don't the, be just nice a listener to the podcast. Yeah, I would like be nice to lift up I think a fellow. He knows. I think he knows. What this are you talking about? Highly complimentary. Oh, he gets the word. You We're wanna, shining a light on him. How about this? He loves skiing. He's yeah. a very active man. At the uh, <laughs> the ski lodge, at the end of a long day on the slopes where he's doing the diamonds. Sure. Who do you think sitting on the leather couch in front of the fire with a, a warm sherry with women around I him? know who it is. Who? It's Green Holtz. It's Green Holtz. Who else would it be? Nobody. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't care. <laughs> we care. <laughs> All right. Who's up? Mark. I am. Okay. Colts, Patriots. And I, I, the, the great thing about picking a Patriots game is that I'm going to have Greg talking about the Patriots game the entire time that That's I'm covering That's not true. It. That was one that week. That is absolutely true. Oh, I don't think it was one week, Greg. I don't watch them on Sundays if I don't have It them. was one decade. But yeah. <laughs> but Bill Belichick against a starter playing Sam Ellinger, playing Ellinger, uh-huh. playing his second game. I love this for the Patriots oh, in man. such a way. Uh-huh. That I scanned the horizon uh-huh. for where I could go uh-huh. with this week's lock, and Green I'm Holtz. going, I'm going oh. Greenholz. No, I'm going right here. I'm locking up Greggy's Patriots. I feel great oh, about this. And guess what? Uh, the Patriots will win this game because when the Lock Brothers, uh, Zeuser oh, yes. and Sessi, uh, get together, it is money in the bank. Of course, the Patriots will roll uh, for m- numerous reasons. Yes, so I'm locking it up. Um, Ellinger on the road in New England in November. Raise your hand if you know the last time the Patriots lost a game in November. 2003. At home. 
2003. It's just a guess. But this is the time <laughs> Wait, of the year. I thought that John was a real Madden sap for a second. Stats. That you said yes, 2003, that's, that's and I realized, what are you talking about? No one's about? questioning that. Last year. Can Definitely you check, last year. Can you check the Patriots record in November uh, in the last, I don't know, let's just say in the, last, in the ATN era since 2013. Um, How's my, he supposed to do that like in five minutes? He's, <laughs> he's a great producer. Watch well, what he does. See what he Watch does. what he does. I'm skeptical. But, uh, yeah, so I think that Ellinger, who was okay in his debut – um, is going to get schemed up and confused in the same way Zach Wilson was. Uh, I think the the Patriots will run the football, and I think they're going to get a nice 23-10 to 10 win, something like that. I'm with you, and also what th- we thought the Colts would be. They aren't. They're 29th in rushing. Oh. Only two teams have more turnovers. They're 30th in scoring. They made a desperate quarterback switch to get away from Matt Ryan, who was a turnover robot at this point. And I think you're going to – that one situation – It's a bad robot, by the way. You get a bad Mac Jones. Like, he is not playing well. He's been a disaster against the Blitz. Like, Mac Jones, to me, is just a completely different guy than a year ago. So your one hope, if you're Indy, is that maybe you keep this thing close against a rather dull offense, and you got a shot at the end to do something. It's crazy. The um – the inventory must be out of control for a turnover robot. Like, who would even order such a thing? This is a turnover robot game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to admit, you, you stumbled on something, and maybe I, I suppose you knew. They have not lost at home. I went to Rosenthal Research Department Ugh, just now. Gross. Sorry, Graver. I hate this company. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible They company. haven't <laughs> lost at home since 2016 in November. There you so go. That's pretty deep. Into, and then wow. before that, it was back to 2011. It's so only two since 2011. So, and, you know, I mean, the are reason- there a few elements missing? Yes, yeah, that, those things teams have changed in this a little, team? but they've managed to somehow not lose at home with Cam it's, Newton and Mac Jones the last two it's, years. Yeah, it's John Madden lying research, but at the same time, I've lived it. We've lived it. This is always the time of the year when the Patriots roll. And uh, I just, you got a grave digger? You have the actual numbers? Yes. Uh, former researcher Drew dug this up in about 10 seconds. They are 24 and 8 in the month of November since 2013 and 13 and 1 at home. That's the full data. Full that the data. Rosenthal research group, they give you a little half, half right. measures. They got you the exactly part way I mean, I gave you yeah. the one loss. I even gave you – it was the Seattle, by the way, in a prime, not ringing, 2016. prime time Phone's not uh, ringing over. We have one more lock for this game. Research. What is what? it? Don't tell me it's – Oh, uh, this guy. I might have to move off this. This guy. We're doomed. Hello, gentlemen. Before I get started with the lock competition, I just want to give a little shout-out to all my fans out there. Oh, no. <laughs> After the Monday night recap – a lot of people reached out to me, told me how much they loved me. <laughs> I love you too, just so you know. Now, on to this game. The megalomania. That apparently tier. I'm not very good at. I've huddled with my brothers. We're re-energized, we're refocused, and we're ready to make a run to the playoffs. Just like these two teams. The problem is only one of them's a contender, and that's the New England Patriots. They take care of business. They blow out the Colts. Lock it up. Okay. Well, good day. Can can I just say something? All Nick has done for the last few weeks is talk about, oh, you guys just gonna take the high point spread team? Oh, I, I'm I'm playing fast and loose. It's not about winning to me. I'm trying to have fun. And what does he do here? And he takes the team with the highest point spread possible that you can take this week in the Patriots. So isn't this stop the slide week though? I get it. It's different. And yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I think you take the team you feel best hey man, with. But I haven't if complained you about it. If you lock the Bengals on Monday night, you might do the same thing. Right. right. I haven't complained about it week after week. I don't Ooh. feel as confidently about Ooh. this as you guys do. Ow. Okay. Tell, well, me, tell me the path to victory for the Colts. Uh, 
push them around up front on oh. defense. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Grover Stewart's playing well. Buckner, Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones is starting to get into uh, a territory where I'm getting concerned as a, as a big Mac Jones believer because of what he showed a year ago and at least showed in spurts early. I thought the game against the Jets was one of his worst starts of his career. We could have been talking about him the way we're talking about Zach Wilson right now. If a couple plays went differently, you mentioned the penalty, but there's also a fumble where he held on to the ball forever. There was a dropped interception. There were a lot of bad decisions. They're suddenly running out RPOs. And, like, they actually went decently well. But your point about them winning in November because they figure things out, I I don't feel like this offense is figuring things out. I feel like they have about 10 skill position players, and they never know who they're going to use in a certain week. And there's no momentum to it. There's no, like, consistency. Mac Jones is playing much worse this year now, we can say, than he did uh, a year ago. And the offensive line, which started out the year well, has not been great lately, especially at tackles. They are running the ball great. Ramondre Stevenson is the best running back in this game, amazingly, against Jonathan Taylor. Like, he is a beast. But I just don't feel like that confident about them against anyone. They I feel they very 4-4. Score... Four four. They feel very middle of the road. And yes, the Colts are worse this... than that, so I think they'll win. I, but... I just see a Belichick game where he's going to – it's going to be ugly – but I'm more confident in this lock than I, most locks. Yeah, I understand okay. your your trepidation about Mac and uh, the potential of the offensive line struggling here, but I don't think they need to score more than like 17 points right. in this game. And the Jonathan Taylor, by the way, one of, again, one of the great uh, in a season with so many things that you kind of penciled in or even used um, permanent marker in sept- August and September. Not only are the Colts bad up front on offense – the running game has went from averaging like five and a half yards of carry Taylor last year to being the worst run offense just about in the entire league. Like that has nothing. Of course, quarterback ties into everything, but that has been as big a reason as anything else. And oh, by the way, Taylor already missed time this year with a high ankle sprain. He hurt that ankle again last week. And you have the head coach uh, saying things like, well, it's something we got to manage and we're going to hold him out of practice. It's like, uh-oh, we might be dealing with this thing where Taylor's never right. Right, all uh, season. I just don't see where the points are coming for this team. I'm with you. Don't see Ellinger it. didn't play well, but he didn't play – he showed a few things. I, great cadence. You know, I'm always – I, I have an annually updated the cadence rankings. Mm. Very meaty, throaty mm. – uh, Calling the plays, I like that. Ew. And uh, speaking of gross, I think he had some pretty good like meaty, pocket. throaty <laughs> cadence. Andrew Luck was atop was like, those rankings ah. in days of old. Oh yeah, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. I mean, you could hear Jacoby Brissett has maybe the best cadence in the game, so it doesn't always connect to. Could be a Colts, thing. you know, on-field quality. It's a girthy cadence, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. And I thought he was comfortable under pressure, like good pocket movement. So there were like a couple things. You're like, okay, kind of see it. All right, let's snake it to Marky. He can move. Absolutely. Panthers, Bengals, because I did not get a chance to talk about what happened on Monday night with you guys. Like, I kind of watched that game thinking, like, what on earth is going on? You know, with I'm not the on the Monday night show either, by the way. Just so you know. Well, I would talk, but as a human, I would talk with you about it. On Tuesday show, too. Mark yeah, was right here. I think he's. Yeah. Well, Nick did but we such, don't talk Nick football did such an amazing show. job on that As show. As a human, we <laughs> no, would discuss no it. No one more analysis ever needed to happen because Nick what was nailed his, it. What was his state of affairs after that? Oh, he was fine. He he says he's not said, a Bengals fan, and then I realized, well, actually, he's always said that, so he's pretty consistent. Are you talking yeah. about the guy that said uh, opened his last uh, dispatch with all my fans out there? 
<laughs> oh, he was getting it. Yeah. I love it. They, the fans were they, they appreciated Nick out there, and it is great having. I heard a lot of yeah, his, a lot of good head, feedback on his Nick. His head's getting big. He is even bigger here. somehow than it already you is. Know, by the way, like, it, it's a big head. Over at the Cincinnati Zoo, you know there are conversations that Nick's not a part of, where they're like, "Yeah, Nick, you know." I think this is starting to go to his head. Like, you know, that's why we're not involved with the picks because oh, of he's making it about him and it's not about us. Uh, just wait until the next family gathering where this all explodes. Thanksgiving's going to go Well, off. I think Wes would absolutely enjoy what the transformation that Nick is going he through. You love it. everything that's happening, including the fact that we keep track of the records on Lock It Up, right. and Nick is a disaster in last Nick, place, Nick way is, in last Nick place. Nick is three weeks away from a fedora <laughs> and sunglasses inside. But it's a great power move because it has yeah. nothing. To, it's not a meritocracy on any level. He's just t- simply taking control. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Carolina, for me, it's like P.J. Williams. PJ, I want to see if this is, if this is going to be a week-to-week thing with their offense because they've been so much better post-Matt Rule. It, to PJ Walker, like every these two games has thrown a series of dimes, and like I could see that I could see this being sustainable. There's no way you put Baker Mayfield back in there. They seemed he seemed to like DJ Moore and other guys. The weaponry around him finally producing with Walker, and and for me they're interesting. It's like I love teams like this that just completely tr- change as the season goes along. I just can't make sense of what happened to Cincinnati in that Browns game. I mean, I think Cleveland finally, like with their defensive front, seemed to completely confuse the Bengals over and over, which they had not done with any opponent all season. And you got this version of the offense that, not unlike the Rams or Bucks to some degree, cannot run the ball consistently right now. And if you're going to put Bengals, Joe Burrow yeah. in a the Bengals, you're going to put Joe Burrow in a situation like that week to week. There, I it changes what I think about them. A week ago, we were saying, are they this fringe great team? I don't know right now. I, I thought their great games were matchup-based in part, uh, that game against Atlanta. You lose Chase, that's a huge loss, but you can't run the ball. The offensive line has never been better this year. I, I've never, I like, better than they were a year ago. Maybe, but they're still one of the worst four or five groups in the in the league. And even when they put up points, like, they were that bad last year, too. They just overcame it some weeks because they have great players. They don't have great answers. This is a tough matchup, I, I think, for them. And... Uh, Losing a Wouzier and DJ Reader are just two huge injuries. And you get Reader back at some point, but that's their best run defender. That's their best cornerback. Wouzier will not return. I think they win this game, but I don't see them as a seven and a half point favorite like like they are. Not at all. I was, you know, the whole thing. I like the Bengals. I, I love Burrow, as I talked about last week. It was such a just a bummer. The, the Jamar Chase injury comes out. I think Thursday later uh, in the afternoon. And then the Monday game comes in. Listen, like w- sometimes a team just kind of owns another team. And these Stefanski Browns own the Zach Taylor Bengals. It was a primetime game. You know, oh, by the way, I know Cleveland has struggled on defense, but they have Miles Garrett who was taking that game over. You know, these things happen. So I don't want to like go into panic mode about the offense now. I think a lot of things played against them in a very short period of time. But to your point too, Greg, it's like, it's tough. Like they're now in a position where the offensive line is probably never going to be a strength. It's probably going to be a weakness all year. And now they have to find a way to pivot and have a a, a passing game that thrives uh, without their best player. And oh, by the way, keep Joe Mixon involved in the running game because if you are going to be a, a total big-time passing team, which Cincinnati is near the top of the league, they love to throw the ball, that's going to work if you have the elite quarterback and then the guys on the outside making those plays. You take out one of those guys, 
you get into a situation where you have you need a running game to get going, and it just really hasn't done that overall. Yeah, this I think year. it's easy to forget that the Bengals, you know, they were five and four a year ago, and so if you get a win here. We'll see what happens to them down the stretch. But down the stretch, when they were dominating their own division, when they were blowing the doors off Pittsburgh, utterly destroying the Ravens, there were big, gigantic Joe Mixon runs in those games. The ground game was working. It was real. It was punishing. And it was what they were down the stretch, along with the big plays through the air. And it's been completely absent this season, outside of a couple games where you thought, maybe it's improving, but then it's not. They've lost to every division opponent. They're 0-3. And I, I know this is a non-division game, and, and you got to get it. Oh, I win this game. Come you have now. to. J.C. Horn returned for the Panthers last week, and I think that was a big piece for their defense. He's a true number one type of corner. And now in this game where there's only one number one type of receiver on the other team, like that makes a big difference because I, I think they're okay in the secondary. I am curious, though, if the Panthers playing so well the last two weeks was like a division blip. I do think division games are just different. The teams know each other in a different way and sometimes it, it brings them together. Or Browns the Bengals, to your right. point. Yeah. And and the Panthers had two division games in a row where they where they played well. Let's see if it if it carries. I have not gotten over that PJ Walker play being for not. I mean that was it was one of the great football plays of our lifetime. And you're like laughing oh, at God. it. You're Greg. laughing at it. But as a pure play, it truly was. Did you, the, one of the great football plays of our lifetime, Greg? Uh, uh, first of all, Next Gen Stats has been measuring like an air yards per complete. You know, an air yard. That was the longest throw completed since Next Gen Stats has, has measured it. He's rolling to his left. Great play. They're down six to win the game with the touchdown on the roll. And there was nothing lucky about it. Mahomes tweeted it out. He said, that's the throw of the year, no question. Like, if Mahomes or Allen would make that play, we'd be like, I can't believe they did that. And it was to win a game down six, and then they lose the game. It just feels... All right, I'm watching the play. He's flushed out. He steps. He gathers himself. He it's makes the, a perfect strike. Nice play. The ball just keeps it's going. Great play. The ball just keeps going. I just like, is do, this ball going to stop? Am I watching this and seeing the greatest play I've ever seen in the history of pro football? I'm saying it's one of the great – to win a game like that. I'm he didn't sh- win. I know, but that was the kicker. That's There's why no Kenny I, O'Brien. That's why I haven't gotten over it, Dan. <laughs> Kenny yeah. O'Brien to Wesley Walker in the 51-45 over the Dolphins. That's a throw. Can they get over it? Maybe they can't. I don't think they He's can. made a string of huge throws. That's why I, I – I'm just wondering, like, who he is. Like, are we going to mm. see two weeks from now? This, this is who. This is a Geno Smith part two. Steve, I don't think so. Just based on what we've seen from him previously, and last week was a little more up and down. There were a lot of open receivers. He, he hit was shaky early on, but then started making plays. Wilkes, Steve Wilkes, their coach, did not promise. Like before, he had been saying like he's our quarterback. He said he basically this week he's our quarterback this week. So he's leaving it open to go to Mayfield or Darnold. Well, that I, sounds I, my like a guess great would plan. Be Darnold, but I don't really know. A warning to Cincinnati: win this game, go to your bye in at five and four, take care of business at Pittsburgh the next week. T.J. Watt will probably be back by then because then you get at Tennessee, home Kansas City, home Cleveland, who you can't beat at Tampa, at New England. So. You have, a, you have a soft little pocket of your schedule. Take care of business. All right, let's take a break, and we will finish the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. 
Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, we're back. Oh, Zeuser's up. I like this. Good value late in the draft. The Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. It's kind of getting to now or never territory for the Packers. Um, Stop the slide. Stop the slide right here. Stop I mean, the slide sure. week. Look at the team they're playing. They they are on a slide of themselves. Um, and and you could say, well, yeah. So it's the boring ass Packers this year, which they have been for the most part against the Lions, who stink just like uh, they always do. It seems, even though we are all pumped up going into the season. But there's something here because um, I it would tell me a lot if Green Bay goes to Detroit, where everyone is having the time of their lives on offense and isn't able to move the ball. Uh, with ease and and put up 28 to 35 to even 40 points. Aaron Rodgers, if you are who we know you are, which is one of the greats of all time, you got to go slaughter Detroit here and get some positive momentum on your team. And I know it's not that easy, but you know what? It's also not that complicated. Detroit is bad in every aspect of their defense. You have a excellent running game still. Um, you should be able to get chunk yardage on the ground. You could get some easy yardage, picking up yardage in the screen game and the short passing game, hit on a couple plays, and blow out the Lions or else. I mean, from that angle, isn't it? it's a measuring stick game as well. Absolutely it is. It really is. is. I mean, it's like, look, if you can't do it here, where can you do it? But <laughs> I don't care what Rosenthal Research says. No, the, everything you just Why mentioned. Why is it a though, measuring stick game? They're playing against the Lions. That stick is like a no, little twig. No, because because, they're 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 because everyone has uh, gotten their offense right against Detroit. So if Green Bay squirts out then one of these terrible is, everything's games. Everything's a measuring then stick game. Got then. your measuring stick right here. There you go. Go ahead. I mean, I just, I for me, it's like I kind of like what they did against 
uh, on Sunday night where they were ran the ball so well too. It's like, do you maybe just abandon the pass game on some level like the Bears have done and start just pounding people against, there and yes. uh, Other teams, sure. But against the Lions, maybe use this game to find out some things about your passing game as well. Just get things figured out, Green Bay. I don't know what the more is there to figure out at I this mean, point. I mean, the Lions defense is equally bad at everything. I mean, they're a bad pass rush, but they're bad at stopping the run. So I, I think their foundation in Green Bay is going to be the running game. So I'm with you. I think go on I, I some just, long drives, do it. And you're going to you're gonna be – it's not like you're not going to be throwing the ball too. I just think it's their formula down the stretch. I mean, after this game, the, the I don't think the Packers are going to win seven games this season, Tops. But they have the Cowboys, Titans, Whoa, and Eagles. You don't think they're going to win seven games this season, Tops? I, just, I, I don't wow. see them as a good team at all, and I see them getting wow. worse. Well, we'll, I, I, we'll know so a lot after this game. They're not going to beat the Cowboys. They're not going to beat the Titans. They're not going to beat the Eagles. They have the Bears after that. Then you've got the Rams, well, Dolphins, Vikings. The, the question is, do they find a way with the coaching staff and the quarterback and the defense, do they repair these things that have made them such a mediocre yeah. team? I, I still feel like they can. Um, and I, there are things, the fact that they average 18.1 points per game is stunning to me. 145 points through eight weeks, the fewest by a team with a reigning MVP ever. So this wow. is like, again, very, very strange. But Rodgers also has 40 touchdowns in one pick against the NFC North, which has been a soft division for a couple of years uh, since 2020. I think we get a huge Rodgers game in this game. And if they don't, I'd be very, very nervous. I think I the Bucks. The Bucks are like a good team that look like a bad team. The Rams just look like a bad team. The Packers are somewhere in between because they have great players on their defense, and it's the defense that I'm most concerned about. I think the offense is going to be okay, and it's been okay. It's not as bad, I, I don't think, as it's getting credit for because people are ignoring that the defense has been a problem, but they have good players, and that is the type of team that does turn around. I'm concerned about their injury report. Bakhtiari's still not practicing. Devondre Campbell's out. Elton Jenkins is out of practice. Uh, DeAndre Sif was back at practice on Thursday, but Panay Sewell, their great tackle, and that's really the base of their team. Their offensive line has been out with a personal issue, and it's unclear I'm, why. Greg, come back to you with this. Yes. They have to go 5-4 and four to have eight wins. I don't think what I'm saying is that crazy. I'm if talking a, out of they, both sides of my if mouth. If they stay this bad. This they, version of the Packers. This version of the Packers, because we're saying, oh, sure. let's, you know, it's not September 8th here where there's a lot of room to transform. This is who they are. I mean, maybe these, maybe the wideouts all suddenly pick up the offense, and Aaron Rodgers is Did, like... No one did you not get the memo the season doesn't start till Thanksgiving? Yeah. Don't you well, get that's fine. So don't you if, get the pat the Lions twice here? What if they're three and they're three and seven at Thanksgiving? Their season definitely won't start. Well, here's the thing. This is the Lions uh Super Bowl, at least until Thanksgiving. Uh, if you could just get if you could just get a home win over right, the Packers, go that's gonna feel great. I picked them to win this week in the picks. I've decided this is the week where I just make a bunch of crazy picks and ruin my record. Are you trying to get that for the thing? rest of the year? Are you trying to get the uh, the Twitter pop from the team, the underdog that wins the game, like the Jets it's with Mark? Well, and the Giants, and the Giants that week. I mean, I did. New York sweep. I don't, I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because seven wins that shocked me, but then I, again, I picked against the Packers this week. And, uh, yeah, you're I all just, over the place I don't here, really – I just don't – I don't like the vibe. For, like the fans were trying to convince themselves that it was like a moral victory last week. I, this is a game where Rodgers well, might be able to hold the ball a little bit, but I think the Lions offensive line can bully uh, this Packers defense, and I think it'll go up and down. I think it'll be close. Tread, li- tread lightly on the Packers fan base. They've not been through – 
what they're seeing right now in a long, long, long time. Dan Campbell fired defensive backs coach Aubrey Pleasant, uh, which is a classic lever pull when you don't really know what else to do. TJ Hawkinson also also no longer on the team, traded to the Vikings at the deadline. All right, uh, Greggy, it ends with double picks for you, buddy. Okay, well. Who's I, he going to take? <laughs> I'm going to I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? But I'll take the Vikings. It doesn't matter. And uh, the Commanders. I thought you called them the Commandos. I, that was just a... Uh, Is it a bit? Or? Still talking no, about both sides I, of your mouth. You know, I think it was from um, Bomani Jones's podcast. They were just calling him that, and I kind of liked it. It just <laughs> seems fun. How many podcasts do you listen to? It just is fun. A lot, you know. I don't like uh, having my own thoughts in my head because mm. then it gets troubling. <laughs> You know, it gets dark. I understand that. Like while I'm around, especially. You're Duke. not repurposing any thoughts from those podcasts on our show. No, that's one of the reasons I like their show. It's they don't really <laughs> dive into the football X's. No, it's more like like it's larger pictures issues. Oh. Like what's been happening with the commanders this week, which we, we should ah, mention. Yes, go ahead. Uh, the reports. Or you should. The This week. Well, it's all on <laughs> NFL.com. talking, so. Dot com, uh, <laughs> that the commanders. Ownership is looking uh, in exploring all possible options uh, in terms of selling the team. Now that that could be a minority ownership, which you know he had bought out a lot of uh, the minority owners last year, or it could just be ownership in general. But I, I will say I had a lot of Commanders fans in the Pentagon. Uh, that I'm friends with, or like two. I shouldn't say a lot, but uh, I have two. And they were commanders in Washington. You're friends with a lot of Pentagon. Two, a lot of commanders with two. Friends with two. I think we're learning a lot about Greg today. They could not have been more excited (laughs) about uh, what is happening. It's been a topic we've uh, broached on this show for 20 years, and the fact that it really looks (laughs) like this could be happening, that Dan Snyder might sell, is exciting. And then later on the same day where we find out that he hired a bank to explore a sale of the commanders, Mm. we we found out um, through ESPN that the Eastern District of Virginia has opened up a a criminal investigation to allegations that the commanders engaged in financial improprieties. So that maybe informs some of this sale news. Either way, perhaps. Uh, we I feel like we're heading a towards a, a tipping point here. I mean, I can't really I remember. See a correlation, personally. Yeah, I can't remember a groundswell of like fans, people from other teams, other owners, sort of saying we've got to make a major change here. Ursay, Ursay's got to be remembered for this. I got to say, it was a pretty. Love I love that Ursa. when he did it, and I love it even more right now because it's like he will be remembered for being, whether it's fair or not, he'll kind of be remembered as the guy who helped push. Push I think this it's thing fair. over the tipping point. It's relatively fair. And he, you know, it's plays great. guitar. I mean, I like Jim Ursay. Give me all that Ursay. Give me all you got. He, bought the, the, you he got. bought the uh, original scroll of On the Road. Or at did least he, really? he at least owned it for a time and then I think sold it burned again. Burned it as an act he did of not defiance. Burn it. That, would, that would be a next level move <laughs> in I the mean, literature they, world. Commanders fans deserve a new stadium. They've been trying to do that. So maybe Does he have any little change. women? He's probably a huge fan of Little Women if he's experienced the product. I mean, it just says if you read the book, you could read the right. book and find out how good I think of a book I did it is. Seventh grade, but that was a long Look time at you. ago now. Yeah, the Commanders. That was quite a long time. Ago. We should talk about this game at some point, right? Sure. Commanders uh, are on one <laughs> of the. I'm loyal to football. <laughs> Ugliest three-game winning streaks I've ever seen. I can't believe they won that game a week ago. I sort of can't believe they won that Packers game if you watch the whole thing, which I know you guys did. And then I, there was that game the week before where Darnell <laughs> Mooney drops the pass on the goal line. It was just like a, a bizarre right. three-game winning streak. But here they are against the Vikings. I think the Vikings, 
tackles have been underrated this year. They they had a guy, Christian Derrissaw, who people were talking about like as a bust a year ago because he couldn't get on the field. And here he comes out in his second year, and he's suddenly in Pro Bowl contention. Like All the grades are amazing for him. They have a good right tackle in Brian O'Neill. So you would think they can kind of mitigate the one thing Washington does really well, which is, is rushing the pass. And, you know, Washington's been a – you know, the team itself, not the organization. A little bit of a feel-good story in this winning streak, but their next two opponents have a combined record of 13-1. and one. They get the Vikings, then the Eagles. So I think we're going to come down to earth. Uh, Gravedigger, you got something for us? I agree with everything Greg just said. It seems insane for the commanders Uh-oh. to turn this into a four-game winning streak. So yeah. I don't this think in the zone? they will. It is in the zone. Vikings three-and-a-half-point favorites. What? Somehow, I guess, because they're on the road. Or... I mean, it's in that Washington Stadium, which is a tough environment. <laughs> I mean, you can, you, can jump <laughs> off, you can jump off your lock and join uh, no. Graver on an anti-commander's yeah, this is, lock. This is great, That's for, worked out this is so great well. for us. I'm this locking up lock. the Vikings. No, the, the reason why I guess that uh, there's not a lot of wood being laid here is because Minnesota plays every team pretty tight. That's both their charm and their the reason why you can't. Trust them. Too I'm one to know locking up the Vikings this year. But okay, you're also let's make 0 and 1, I'm guessing, locking against the Commanders because you lost at a big spot Packers. when the Commandos came back on you. Yeah, that's true. That was true. <laughs> that's tough. Doing it again. <laughs> All right, one more. Poor, poor uh, Vikings fans. They don't get any love. We love you. Enjoy. I con- convinced you guys to make them team of ATL one year, and then they lost every single game for the rest of the you season. Like I think it was. Like these fans out there know that Zeuser stands with you. I always have. But uh, that's it. Take care of business against one, you know, uh, kind of a fugazi team. Let's just do it. How about Vegas at Jacksonville? You know my final pick, and uh, I feel bad for these two teams. This is a stop-the-slide game. Not as much uh, – you know, on the yeah. line here, maybe, but it's still a big game uh, a bit of a to measuring stop the slide. Maybe Josh McDaniels stop job? the slide. Well, that that could be on the line. The whoa, yeah, well, I mean, they, what are these like confabs okay. with with the owner <laughs> after to, every loss? We're up to two and two right, months. That's okay. not a good thing. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Mark Davis has done that in some form or fashion with all of his coaches throughout the course of his tenureship. Of the Raiders. How does everybody no know about out. this, by the way? Well, it keeps being brought up as what? a story. Like, so. how is this leaking to the media that these meetings are happening? Because, because it's right after the game and the press conferences is being held up and they literally see him go into, like, the room. Yeah, they got to clean Davis. that up. Yeah. That's that's a little... Unless Mark yeah. Davis wants it out there. Well, I would not be surprised. I Both these I teams why. are better than their records. he's going to fire him on January 3rd. Yeah. Whatever. Here's the thing. They're, okay, these two teams, what are the records? Two, seven, two, and six? I mean, are they, good, are they really any different than the Patriots or certainly the Commanders? I'm trying to pick four and four teams or the Falcons or some of these teams that are – I don't think Who, so. Who, the Raiders? These two teams, both of them. Oh. I would include the Jaguars too. They're 0-10 in one-score games. They just can't find a way to win combined. The Jaguars are 0-6 in one-score games, right. and the Raiders are 0-4. Well, they just can't finish the game, but they're always right they're there. It's very much a Trevor Lawrence thing for the Jaguars, I think. He's had how many opportunities to it's go fair. seal a game in his early career here, and this season it has happened not once. They ha- they have train wreck records, uh, but I don't think either team is a train wreck, but you know, uh, when you can't close out close games, that separates these teams, and neither of these teams can. 
Both teams, yeah, Lawrence has been an issue. Uh, the Raiders have had a chance. The Raiders could be 5-2 and two right now if they just execute better at the ends of games, and they haven't. So you put both these teams. This is kind of a, uh, Greggy, a little bit of a um, double-wounded animal game here. <laughs> I think that's true. It's cornered. It's wounded. It's, yeah. it's stopping the slide. It's a measuring stick. It's everything. Yeah, you, it's two, I'm like, so glad I got this with hyenas. my last pick. What a I, I don't know what game. the surviving animal has ahead in its life. That'd be my concern. How about this, uh, Mark? I'm not going to get into uh, gassing up the Raiders anymore, but if they do win this game, they get to 3-5. and five. Then they get the Colts at home after that, 4-5, and five, and then they go to Denver. Right, and so you wind up as another seven-win team, I think, ultimately. But here's the thing. I thought they were turning around. They were one team I had a lot of faith in a week ago this time because of the way they were running the ball, and then suddenly you will get totally blanked by the Saints. I, that was bad. a terrible was Derek Carr game, and you don't show up on any level. So you're going bad. to be a six- or seven-win team? Fine. I think these two teams, and I said it about the Saints a little earlier, I think they have potential to be a little bit like the 2021 Raiders, which is a team that you know fired their head coach and looked dead in the water and wasn't really great, but won a bunch of close games towards the end of the year to sneak into a playoff spot. It'd be tough for either of these teams to get into a playoff spot. I could see either one of them, and certainly the winner of this game has a better chance of getting to a winning record because there are things about each team that aren't, bad at all. The the Jaguars are starting to figure it out. I just need to see a little more out of like some of their big ticket defensive guys. They paid a lot of money to Aluakon, a lot of money to Darius Williams. And then we haven't mentioned Trayvon Walker in a long time, mm. the number one overall pick. I think that's for a reason. He just isn't much of a pass rusher as a rookie. I would say he's a negative pass rusher as it's, a rookie. It was which, always a big gamble. It's not that it's over or anything, but... It, no, I think yeah. he's athletic and he's yeah. a good run stopper and he, maybe he'll develop that, but this year he's not helping no. him out. I do love Travis Etienne. I feel like every week he's doing something where you're like, That's this is mean. a thing you build around. I'm with you. I mean, the, the Jaguars also have been in these close games where, like, if you want to... I'd say Doug Peterson is doing a good job overall from where they were a year ago, but you got to find a way to win some of these games. Like You're talking about two teams that cannot seal deals. That's why you wind up with four or five wins. Who would you pick in this game? I, I, I'm struggling to pick this for game day view. People should check that out. It's like a pick show on NFL Very Network. Very nicely done. Five Pacific I almost locked the Raiders because I feel that they're going Whoa. to respond and Me too. explode against this. Really? I think I think you're going to get a good version of I the Raiders. I don't feel that confident. I did pick the Raiders right now, but it's written in pencil. I may change I it. I punished the uh, Raiders in the power rankings for betraying me with that effort at the Superdome. <laughs> well, uh, they but deserve it. I also don't – I'm not totally out on them either. I do see a path for them being – in the wild card race in late December, so I do see them winning this game. I mean, if you don't win this game, just have have an, have another meeting after, and then right. another meeting after that. You uh, want to know where their the owner. their uh, wild card race adventures die in the final two weeks of the season against the 49ers and Chiefs? Well, if they have some wild card, smell race you adventure, later. Then that would be a, a plus. What's up with this Devontae Adams illness situation? Is he going to play? A lot of illnesses going around. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's the season. Well, I think it's something. Right? Is it? It's, is it it's, COVID? But they don't have to declare it's COVID. I don't. I don't know. Like LeBron James, for instance, in the NBA, said he couldn't get out of bed for three straight days, and then and then played on Wednesday. It's a it's lot going though. around. Those two sports are different. They're very different. <laughs> he also only had five Justin, yards. Last shame week. on you, Justin. He only had five yards. Football last is completely <laughs> different <laughs> than basketball. Just takes what? a sec to like navigate to that. What one. did I say that was not true there? By the way. <laughs> It's spot on. The analysis was there. Spot on statement. 
what I have going for me is my raging apathy on this front. What What was your take though overall? Would, like, what's the deal with illness? <laughs> well, I think you're suggesting that it is something a very. Uh, I just have noticed. I noticed last week there was about 25 players on the injury report for illness. Right. And the, you know these are athletes who want to practice. You obviously don't want to get your teammates sick, but it's probably a serious illness if you're out of practice. And I just was like, so was this just? Is this COVID? Well, I think it's. I, but they Greg don't have to one. declare it. I guess I don't really like know. Ryan Tannehill didn't even working? travel to Houston. That makes me think maybe he did get right, and you don't COVID have to declare it. That would that would be a very simple explanation. I for, think Greg gets it. the Nancy Drew award on this one. <laughs> All right, let's check out the lock standings before we. It's like everyone goodbye. suddenly is like, oh, they're talking COVID. Get, get uh, all right. The old Zeuser uh, with Greg Rosenthal top the standings at you six idiots. and two. Oh, look at this. You idiots. Mark Sessler right behind at five and three. Uh, I didn't Grave know Digger, we were ahead of Mark three. and Gravedigger. I thought it was like a four-way tie. Look the at West us, Brothers Danny. buried at three and five. I like it. Mark, what are you upset about now? You're, on, no, you're right not, there. I find this this uh, this was creative this time. What? They have Gravedigger you know, typing out the graphics, and he doesn't know how to spell my name, if that's what's happened Wait, here. Wait, flash that I up not, again? Yeah, I, I do not that. type the graphics. Well, someone back there could go back to fifth grade. And once again, if you're listening on audio, <laughs> go to minute 149 on YouTube and find this. It's, Mark it's with a K, and we missed an S. We? Wow. Oh, you were That's involved. A That's a toughie. What Wait, is we? Well, it's all we. Oh, we are a team. We're a real yeah. team. I feel that. We we succeed together. We fail together. Yes, we do. And we failed there. And I'm sure it'll be cleaned up next Am week. Am I part of the, the, the loss there? I don't feel that I took an L on that. Do you separate yourself from the greater pod group, or do you? Well, I'm in a gym are you now. part of the team? I know, but don't I peg guess me. I'm in a gym. <laughs> what was that, Mark? I don't know. I know but do you... don't peg me. <laughs> All right. Thank you to everyone for watching our program. Make sure to check out the podcast Sunday night, the flagship program where we recap every game we just previewed. Until then, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.